3: in file cabinets in my home. Where's
4: the photos of President Biden's documents?
5: Bloom is off the rose here. He's into damage control at this point. If you
6: didn't tell me this was reality, I would think it was a really bad movie. Bloomberg,
5: sound on. Politics,
7: policy, and perspective
5: from D.C.'s top names. Congressman, what's your reaction to members of your own party Pardon? calling for your resignation?
4: He's got a long way to go to earn trust. And it's now the responsibility of House Republicans to do something about it. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on
2: Bloomberg Radio. Another special counsel is appointed, this time to investigate Joe Biden. Welcome to the fastest hour in politics. As Attorney General Merrick Garland responds to the discovery of a second batch of classified documents now in President Biden's garage. We'll be joined in a moment by Rebecca Royfe of New York Law School, former assistant district attorney for New York County, who helped us understand what was happening over the mar-a-lago documents this all overshadowed important news on inflation today it's cooling and we'll look inside new data with mark Zandi, chief economist at moody's analytics congressman george santos still refusing calls to resign unless he says new york voters think differently we'll have analysis on all these stories from our signature panel bloomberg politics contributors rick davis and jeannie shanzano here for the hour attorney general merrick garland made the announcement this afternoon After it was revealed, a second batch of classified documents tied to
7: Joe Biden had been discovered. I'm here today to announce the appointment of Robert Herr as a special counsel pursuant to Department of Justice regulations governing such matters. Robert Herr. Get used to that name. Garland gave some details about the second
2: discovery. We learned of this around this time yesterday, actually, right in the middle of Sound On. Remembering the first batch was found six days before the midterm elections, early November
7: in the office that Joe Biden used as president. Here's Garland again. On December 20th, President Biden's personal counsel informed Mr. Lausch that additional documents bearing classification markings were identified in the garage of the president's private residence in Wilmington, Delaware. President Biden's counsel informed Mr. Lausch that those documents were among other records from the period of the president's service as vice president. The FBI went to the location and secured those documents right garland there
2: is referring to john lausch you've probably heard that name the u.s attorney for the northern district of illinois who was tasked with reviewing the documents now it will be under the purview of special counsel her reaction uh, today although actually
7: we got to add one more fast forward to today this morning president biden's personal counsel called mr lausch and stated that an additional document bearing classification markings was identified at the president's personal residence in Wilmington, Delaware. There it is. So a third? Joe Biden did speak today.
2: Uh, he was not supposed to be talking about this. It was an event on the CPI. He was supposed to talk about inflation, and he did take a question on this. My
3: lawyers reviewed other places where documents my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings in storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my in my 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 personal library. Now, it's unclear exactly what he meant by personal library press secretary Karine Jean
2: Pierre was not able to clarify that afterwards in the news briefing and that was an exercise all on its own that we'll get into. But let's talk about right now what we actually know with a real expert Rebecca Royfee is professor of law at New York Law School former assistant district attorney for New York County. And Rebecca, welcome back. Would this special counsel, do you think would have been appointed if there was not already one investigating Donald Trump?
8: You know, it's really hard to know, but I think in this climate, it's just the smart thing to do. There is so much speculation right now about the Department of Justice, and it's under a haze of questions, both from the left and from the right. And so in a certain way, it's kind of a prophylactic move that makes it such that whatever is the outcome, there's a little bit more faith in that outcome if it comes from a special counsel than if it came from somebody who's directly reporting to the mm-hmm. attorney general.
2: There'll be, of course, uh, tandem investigations in Congress and so forth. But Department of Justice is the one that we need to pay attention to. Rebecca, based on what you know now, uh, is this going to come down to a matter of intent or is Joe Biden in trouble here?
8: It absolutely comes down to a matter of intent. That's the thing that really tips this from being a situation in which a former vice president, current president mishandled documents to one in which there is some kind of criminal liability. And it's important to note that mishandling documents itself is problematic and is something that the government should be aware of and seek to protect future um. Uh, future presidents and future vice presidents from prevent them from doing. But, you know, in this situation, the question of whether or not, um, you know, there would be any criminal charges absolutely comes down to what was the uh, former vice president and current president's intent in keeping Mm -hmm. these documents where they were kept.
2: Okay, so with that said, Rebecca, how important, if at all, are the contents of these files? Will will the contents and the level of classification dictate the outcome of this trial, or does that not matter if they are directly referred back to the archives and DOJ?
8: Well, you know, for for sure, what's in those documents is critical for the national security question and the question of how grave a mishandling this was. And so, yep. you know, on that side of things, absolutely, I think the public really wants to know what's in there and how important it was, as I'm sure um, are you know the people within the Department of Justice who are tasked with protecting our national security. Mm -hmm. In terms of the question of criminal liability, um, it's less directly relevant what's inside these documents. There are certain statutes that only apply to classified documents and others that apply more broadly to documents that are owned by the government. And so, you know, there was a lot of discussion when there was this question about Mar-a-Lago and former President Trump about what was in those documents and were they classified and whether he declassified Them And it was a bit of a red herring because there's only that one statute that applies to classified documents. There are plenty Mm -hmm. of other statutes that criminalize the retention or wrongful, willful withholding of Mm -hmm. government documents in an unauthorized location.
2: Do the details surrounding that storage matter? Uh, You know, we've spent a lot of time talking about uh, the room at Mar-a-Lago, whether the lock had been put on the room, who was coming and going, surveillance video. In this case, the president himself said that it was locked in a garage with his Corvette. Is that any better?
8: (laughs) I mean, you know, none of this is good. I think, you know, none of this is good and it should be troubling and it should be troubling to Americans, regardless of your political affiliation. No president, no former vice president should be taking classified documents and putting in them someplace, keeping them someplace like a garage, even if that garage is locked. Yeah. But, you know, I suppose that there is some difference in terms of, you know, how safely those are kept, um, in terms of how reassured the public ought to be about what happened to these documents and who ended up looking at them.
2: A lot of questions at the White House today about Uh, The way this information is being disseminated, and I know this comes this goes off of your focus a little bit here from a legal standpoint, but is the White House under any obligation to communicate the discovery of these documents in real time? They waited weeks and, in fact, months to let the world know. And when the president acknowledged the first batch, apparently he did know about that second batch.
8: You know, I I do think that, you know, in some ways it is it has very little relevance to the legal question at hand or perhaps, again, there could be some indirect um, question about why he's withholding those documents and whether he possesses any intent. But in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, uh, transparency in government, I absolutely think so. I think it's wrong to withhold this information from the American public, even if there are political ramifications Um, the people are entitled to know, especially when there was, you know, so much going on about former President. Trump and what he had done with these documents, if they knew that prior to the midterm elections and didn't let people um, in on it, I think that's extremely problematic, Um, you know, from a public relations and government transparency perspective.
2: Yeah. We'll talk more about that with the panel coming up as we have a political side to this legal story. Uh, Mm -hmm. In terms of the use of these files, there are always there are going to be times when a president or apparently vice president needs to bring some work home whether it's a briefing or something else that's going on. The crime is not that they left the White House, right? The crime is that they did not come back or the potential crime.
8: Absolutely. So, you know, I think that there, you know, a, again, there should there should and there are protocols about taking these documents to another place. And, I, you know, I, I think that perhaps those need to be revisited and made a, a, a bit more um, secure. But, you the key question is whether or not, once these documents were discovered, you know they were returned quickly, um, expeditiously, and the you know government lawyers searched for sorry, Biden's lawyers searched for any additional documents and returned them. Now. You know, it does seem from from the information that we're getting, both disturbing and the in from the perspective that there are all these documents found in every different location, but also somewhat reassuring that they are quickly returning them. So, mm-hmm. I think we, you know, it's good that there is a special counsel. We'll get to the bottom of this, and regardless of whether or not it's a criminal case, this is something that we should, as as the American public, we should know.
2: So let's uh, fast forward a little bit here. We've got two cases uh, now, the Trump case, the Biden case on classified documents. Both have their own special counsel. Uh, Is the DOJ or the special counsel himself in either case here obligated if there's no indictment to talk about what they found and to uh, kind of review the case once their work is done?
8: Well, they certainly have an obligation to report that to the attorney general. And, and, you know, a special counsel is somewhat removed from the Department of Justice and from the attorney general in terms of his day to day obligations. But ultimately, just as Robert Mueller in the Russia investigation issued a report, um, so, too, must the these special counsel. And, you know, so I think that that they will and that ultimately this information will become public.
2: And then it will be up to Merrick Garland whether to make that. It will be. It will be. But, I,
8: you know, from everything I know about Merrick Garland, he, you know, is seeking to reassure the public about the, um, the Department of Justice. And I can see no reason why he would have an interest in keeping the contents of that report from the American public, at least ultimately.
2: If John Lausch's review is done. Do we have any reason to believe the special counsel's review will be different? Uh,
8: you know, I, 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 if, the, if John Lausch has completed his review, I don't think there's any reason to think that it would be different. But there's always the potential that the review might be more extensive, that there might be um, other information that is uncovered. And, you know, so it remains to be seen.
2: Boy, this is something else. Rebecca, thank you for coming in. It's great to talk with you again. Rebecca Royfe, professor of law at New York Law School, the former assistant DA for New York County. And on the question of intent, Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre, I think she managed to get one or two complete sentences out uh, while jousting with the
9: reporters.
10: Look, I said this in my I said that in the statement, it's in the statement of uh, 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 from his lawyer, Richard Sauber. And at the end, he said, we are confident that they are a thorough review will show that these documents were inadvertently misplaced. Uh-huh. And the president and his lawyers acted promptly upon discovery of this mistake.
2: OK, so, yeah, we got a statement pretty early today as well. Uh, Before long before we ever heard from Merrick Garland again by uh, Richard Sauber, the special counsel to the president. If I just scroll down here to the final graph where the news is during the review, this is I'm reading directly from the White House statement. The lawyers discovered among personal and political papers a small number of additional Obama Biden administration records with classified markings. All but one of these documents were found in storage space in the president's Wilmington residence garage. Okay, back to the Corvette. But one document consisting of one page, let's not confuse those two words, was discovered among stored materials in an adjacent room. None were found in the Rehoboth Beach residence. So presumably that
7: one document is the one Merrick Garland found out about this morning. This morning, President Biden's personal counsel called Mr. Lausch and stated that an additional document bearing classification markings was identified at the president's personal residence in Wilmington, Delaware. Which brings us back to the big question here. How come we didn't know
2: about all of it in one shot? If the initial batch was found, think of this, you just look at the calendar in your head while you're driving here. If the initial batch was found before the midterm elections, the second batch they were alerted to on December 20th, what is it now? The 12th of January president talked about it this week in mexico city the white house talked about it this week in washington no one ever mentioned a second batch bloomberg white house reporter justin sink tried to get at this with corinne jean pierre today Let's let this breathe for a minute inside the briefing room. I,
10: I would not jump to those two conclusions. That is not what I'm stating. I am genuinely saying to you, there isn't.: I want to actually process. just
2: while we're hang on now. His question was, did the DOJ are you suggesting that the DOJ didn't want you to mention? that second batch
10: I, I would not jump to those two conclusions that is not what i'm stating i am genuinely saying to you there is an ongoing process uh, that we are going to follow and i am limited in what i can say from here that is why my white house Counsel colleagues are the we refer to them uh these past couple of days now this is in the hands of the department of justice as we as as you all heard from the attorney general here's i think it
5: I I guess I remain confused if the Justice Department didn't ask you not to disclose these documents. Why on Monday, as this news was coming out, Tuesday, as the Mm -hmm. president was talking about it, you didn't say, here's everything we know at this point, you know, the the first set was found at the Penn-Biden Center, the second set was found at his office, we're searching to make sure that there's nothing else. Because
10: there's an ongoing process and you heard directly from from the Attorney General today. (laughs)
2: So we really got no way. Boy, they, they tried. They tried. They kept trying. We never really got anywhere on that. Let's bring in the panel just for a moment here. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano. We'll have a lot more time uh, straight ahead to get into this here. Uh, but Rick, my goodness, we've learned of the second batch during the program yesterday. Now we've got a third document and a special counsel. This is moving fast. Do leaders
5: ever learn the lesson that when you get caught red-handed you've got to disclose everything on a timely basis Mm. Uh, the idea that they played this catch me if you can thing even at the time when they knew there were other documents and didn't disclose it makes absolutely no sense this administration came into office with the attitude that they were going to be different than than the previous administration different than donald trump and yet they seem to replicate some of his worst instincts Jeannie, should he have said something on Monday?
6: He absolutely should have. Rick is exactly, exactly right. They needed to get ahead of this. They found themselves behind and they're going to pay for it.
2: All right. Hold your thoughts. Full-blown panel next with Rick and Jeannie on this. It was under the Corvette. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg.
0: You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through.
1: Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at QuickBooks.com/slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
4: Classified material. Next year, Corvette. What were
3: you thinking? People, and by the way, my Corvette's in a lock garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But at any rate, yes, as well as my Corvette. The thing I like most is the setup right here. And you feel like you're in complete control. This is just old.
2: You know, I had to bring Jeff back into this. He was a big car guy. Oh, I bet he would have loved that 1960s Corvette Stingray. The documents, maybe not. As President Biden today shows up to talk inflation and that happened. Generating the headline on the terminal, Biden's exposure on files widens after Garland orders probe. Here we go. Again and again. And it's times like these, of course, we need our panel. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributors. As we learn more with each passing day it seems just not from the white house itself and Jeannie shanzano that has been the problem here right why not say it all when this first emerged at the beginning of the week
6: That's right. You know, Joe, I thought we might hear some prints, but I guess Jeff Beck today is much more appropriate. (laughs) So well done, Joe Matthew. Um, it, It is absolutely the problem. I mean, you know, they kept this quiet. What we understand now and you went through the timeline beautifully is if this was found on December 20th and we didn't even get the leak until around the 8th or the 9th of January, why did they obfuscate so much and avoid Putting out the information. You know, it is the first rule of lawyering. It is the first rule of PR crisis management. Mm -hmm. You don't try to hide things because when they come out, the situation gets worse. And, you know, I I don't understand it because the president and the team have been saying this was just an inadvertent error on their Mm -hmm. part. This was just a mistake. If it is that kind of mistake, and we, you know, I believe it may have been, why hide the finding of the second and third (coughs) set of documents? It doesn't make any sense.
2: So, what What did we really learn here today, Rick? What is the discovery of more and then even an additional document due to this story? If they were continually referred uh, back to the archives and sent to the DOJ
5: for review, where's the crime? So um, it is it is uh, against the rules of handling uh, uh, top secret or classified information to bring them home. So you've broken rules, whether there's a crime involved um, is 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 up to the doj to decide uh, but it leaves the door wide open on this case in other words you know when we thought it was just one set of documents you know they found it in 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 a specific location in the office and the door was kind of shut and it was like okay if it's just that and you know yeah. you, you kind of sort of get the joke on it even though it's not supposed to happen but now there's another set now there's another document i mean like is 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 this something we're going to hear for the next you know two or three months that oh uh, yeah, there was this old shoe and there was a wrinkled up document in the old <laughs> shoe and oh my god, there was a dirty pair of underwear and there was a piece of a document in there and I mean honestly, it just leaves the door wide open. Can anybody believe now that they've looked everywhere and that there's no more classified information in the possession of you know Joe Biden and and or his family uh, mm. that is going to continue to make news and and I think that's the biggest problem both DOJ and the Bidens have, which is now you can't stop the questions. Right. And there's one man, was probably more than one, but at least one
2: man who will, in fact, be going out of his way to keep this in the news for months.
4: It could go from that committee or others, but I think Congress has to investigate this. Here's an individual that's been in office for more than 40 years. Here's an individual that sat on 60 Minutes that was so concerned about President Trump's documents locked in behind, and now we find it just as a vice president keeping it for years out in the open in different locations. I do not think any American believes that justice should not be equal to all kevin mccarthy
2: the new speaker of the house genie there's going to be a congressional investigation and uh i'm guessing they might not go as as easy as the uh, department of justice here there's this is going to be racked with politics what's it going to look like
6: it's going to be ugly and you know i think they too have to be careful here they've i, I don't understand this stepping on the story if your opponent is stepping in it be quiet and let them McCarthy (laughs) goes out and says these things. But the reality is now you get a lot of Democrats and moderates who say, why does McCarthy seem strangely so much more animated about the Biden document and situation than he does the Trump document situation. Mm. And if Congress is going to investigate one, why not investigate the other? So I think Republicans here have to be very careful about overreach. I thought Mark Warner's tone yesterday about this was the right tone. And McCarthy went well, well beyond that. And by the way, the sync piece you played of Justin's question was so right on and yeah. spot on to the yep. White House press secretary. It's stunning they can't answer that question.
2: Well, it is, or, or won't answer it, right? Um, yeah. Well. It, so it's a good question there, Rick. It, is is the new oversight committee planning to investigate the,
5: the documents at Mar-a-Lago, or they figure the FBI has got that? Uh, you know, look. I mean, nothing's fair in Congress and in That's, politics, so. <laughs> Democrats had a chance to investigate Trump, uh, and uh, and they certainly did their share uh, while he was president. True. And and now the Republicans are going to do their part. And, and this is how uh, politics matters, right? When you win an election, you get to set the rules. And in this case, uh, it's certainly appropriate uh, for Congress to want to take a look at this. I mean, look, we have a problem in this country that all these documents are out floating around. Yes. Uh, this is supposed to be heavily controlled, the best secrets of our country. And we've got them in, you know... In, you know, wine closets and, and, and Corvette, you know, uh, garages. I mean, there's, there's, this is not a country that respects its own confidentiality. So does
2: this beg uh, for a new system here? I mean, how do you, my goodness, we're talking about two presidents in very recent memory, Jeannie, but we also know that administrations through the past have had issues with the Presidential Records Act.
6: That's right. And and it is such an important conversation. I mean, with the technology we have today, are you telling me we can't keep better track of classified documents? I leave my local library. They know where that book goes. (laughs) And you're telling me they're taking documents out. And to Rick's point, they're in garages, they're in you know closets, they're in people's homes and nobody knows about it. There has got to be a better way. And if Congress was going to do serious business and serious investigation, they would Mm. consider the fact that multiple presidents and beyond presidents, I mean, we've... Had former CIA directors and others who have been had this problem, they've got to get their handle around the classification issue. And by the way, a flip side of this is we have an over classification problem in this country as well, and that should be addressed equally.
2: Well, boy, uh, you said a lot there, and and I do think it's worth going back to that 60 Minutes interview again. This is Joe Biden in September before the discovery of his own documents talking to Scott Pelly about Trump. And remember that picture the box and the documents spread all over the floor this is where scott pelly started the conversation with joe biden
3: what did you think to yourself looking at that image how that could possibly happen how anyone could be that irresponsible
5: i guess he
2: does know though uh, rick how that could possibly happen
5: yeah, now he does, and uh, and he probably already did. Well, he uh, pro- did then. Sure, probably probably should not and uh, uh, have made any comments about an ongoing DOJ investigation, especially if he could remember that he'd actually had in his possession uh, classified documents. I mean, honestly, this whole thing just looks like another botched White House situation where they've dropped the ball and tried to cover it up. I mean, like we really would hope that the Biden administration would raise the bar on how they deal with the American public and, and be much more transparent uh, and, and not play this catch me if you can game. Listen again to Speaker Kevin
2: McCarthy. He held his, his first formal news conference in Statuary Hall.
4: He goes on 60 Minutes, criticizes President Trump, even knowing what he has done and he wasn't president at the time. Now we find another location that it's at, but he refused to answer. His press secretary won't answer the questions. You watched them leak photos of sitting out files of President Trump. Where's the photos of President Biden's documents?
2: Obviously, he's going to be crying about the double standard here that, that he sees existing. But he's suggesting that Joe Biden misled the public. Jeannie, is that fair? Is that true?
6: Well, in the last few days it certainly does feel that the White House press team, the PR people, whether Joe Biden himself, I think is another question, have really gotten themselves into a hole. So, mm-hmm. you know, misled, I think they are trying to, you know, they they are trying to make the most of a really bad situation. I would just give one example. He seemed sort of indignant when reporters asked him about the garage and he's screaming, "Oh, it was locked." That's not the point. The point is you had classified information at home. So, Joe Biden, to Rick's point on 60 Minutes, you know, stop talking at some point and let the let the investigation proceed. And the White House press team has to do its job of stepping up and saying this is what we know and being honest about it. It's
2: not lost on us, by the way. They had John Kirby start the briefing today. This is the spokesman uh, for the national security apparatus inside the White House. He talked, Rick, about everything from Ukraine to Russia on down. Japan, computer chips, it was just in sync. The aforementioned Bloomberg White House reporter who had to ask, and I can play it for you, had to ask John Kirby to step aside so they could question Karine Jean-Pierre about this issue. Uh, I, I guess, you know, when you see Kirby come out ahead of the press secretary, Rick, you know <laughs> you know something's
5: different. Well, yeah, and look, I mean, we should hear about the Ukraine, and we, we sure. it's an important topic, but um it's a it's obvious attempt to, to kind of shield uh the press secretary from the criticism that everybody knew she was going to get and clearly put her out there without any ability to answer questions in an intelligent mm-hmm. way All right, rick and um, it's will be back it's not a big day for the white house that's for sure
2: understood this is bloomberg sound on with joe matthew on bloomberg radio Bloomberg Sound On brought to you by Innovation Refunds. This is your daily reminder from Innovation Refunds. Your business may be eligible to receive a payroll tax refund. Yeah, the application takes around eight minutes, eight minutes or less to see if your small to medium-sized business may be eligible for a refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on the payroll during the pandemic. Find out at GetRefunds.com. So it was supposed to be a good news morning. You were there at 830, right? Watching the Terminal. Before the markets opened, the CPI, you heard Nancy mention it, you heard Doug mention it, matching forecasts. And so the White House, we can get out there and
3: take some credit for the news and make a little more. President Biden. Even though inflation is high and major economies around the world is coming down in America month after month, giving families some real breathing room. And the big reason is falling gas prices. My administration took action to get oil onto the market and bring down prices. Now gas is down more than a dollar seventy from its peak. Consumer prices up
2: 6.5% year to year, the 12 months through December. That is the slowest inflation rate in more than a year. Core inflation without food and energy was up 5.7% over that same period. And the president spoke to core. Food prices are still
3: stubbornly high. Food inflation is slowing as well. Last month, we saw the smallest increase in food prices in almost two years, and much of that increase was due to the avian flu outbreak, which has driven up the egg prices around in the United States. It's not just gas and food prices, though. When we look at what economists call core inflation, which takes out energy and food, we see welcome news as well. Core inflation is down to the lowest level in a year. Lowest in a year.
2: Everyone's talking about eggs today, up 11%. Eggs are the, are the new oil. Mark Zandi's joining us, uh, I'm glad to say. Chief Economist at Moody's Analytics. Mark, welcome back. Always my pleasure to have you. Are you looking at this report as good news, or are you still worried about food prices and some of these other more sticky items?
9: Well, uh, can, can I do both, Joe? I, I thought it yeah. great news. and I am worried about those sticky prices, for sure. I mean good news because it's clear inflation has peaked definitively and all the trend lines look good and suggest that inflation is going to continue to moderate. It's going to take a while to get back to the Fed's target, but we're definitely on our way. But, you know, uh, inflation is still painfully high. Six and a half percent is high. And just to put that into context, a typical American household needs to spend $370 more a month to buy the same goods and services that they were buying uh, this time last year because of the higher inflation. So, you know, uh, if we're making a lot of progress here. Everything looks like it's moving in the right direction. But, you know, we've got to get there sooner rather than later because definitely causing a lot of financial pain for many Americans. If this uh,
2: hit forecast, does it do anything to your own expectations for the Fed or for the economy?
9: Well, it's consistent with what I expected. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm growing increasingly confident that inflation We'll continue to moderate here, and yeah. it just makes me more confident that the Fed's going to start scaling back their rate increases. You talked about the quarter point hike when they meet in a couple weeks. That sounds about right to me. Maybe two, three more quarter point rate hikes, and I think that's the end of it. I, uh, you know, I think at that point, they yeah, will have done what they need to do to get inflation back uh, down to target and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know keep the economy. I think the other good good thing uh, happening here is that this is all happening. Reasonably gracefully. I don't think it's going to require a recession to get and put it back in the bottle.
2: From your lips to God's ears. You heard the yeah. president mention avian flu. Uh, yeah, Mark, what what's up with food prices? Is this still a supply chain issue or is this a
9: uh,
2: a demand issue?
9: Oh no, this is the supply side stuff. The avian flu is a big deal. It's really caused the, you know that explains the egg prices for sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the other thing that's going on is diesel. You know, diesel. diesel's come down. Diesel, the cost of diesel has come down, but it's still very elevated. And, of course, the, a big part of uh, food prices is getting that food from the farm, the ranch, to the store shelf. So diesel prices are high. So that you know, adds to the food inflation. But, you know, sure. that's also moving in the right direction. I think that should take some pressure off food prices here going forward. And, of course, you know, the Russian invasion of Ukraine I, I caused uh, agri- agricultural prices to jump and Fertilizer, uh, Joe. That's mm-hmm. key to you know. Obviously, a lot of vegetables and fruits and things, and that, you know, a lot of that comes from Russia. And so that's been disrupted. So I, this is mostly supply side. This isn't the demand side.
2: Well, it's really something to consider after what we have been through here. And I, you know, you add China to the equation, Mark. Uh, if China can somehow figure out COVID, and and there really is a grand reopening, are all bets off?
9: Well, I you know I they'll figure it out. I mean, I, I think you know clearly a lot of people are sick and it's going to take them a little bit of time to you know, work through all this. But if, but wouldn't that
2: send inflation higher again if China starts buying a lot of stuff? If we get another growth story there?
9: Yeah. That, well, I mean, it will add to inflationary pressures and in, in ter- particularly in terms of commodities, oil will probably go back up. So I don't think we can count on. Sub eighty dollar oil for for very long once China kicks in, but right. you know I I don't think I don't think the Chinese economy is going to come roaring back. Uh, you know it's going to come back, but it's got a boatload of issues that's going to have to work yeah. through that go well beyond COVID. And so you know the, the economy will improve later this year, and we will see some bump to commodity oil prices, but I don't think it's going to be enough to disrupt this uh, continuing improvement in, in inflation here at home. Well, I got to say and I'm we, feeling we pretty good. In supply chains. Yeah, I'm feeling good. good talking
2: to Mark Zandi. Everything is good here. We're gonna, we're not gonna have a recession. Inflation has peaked. Not too worried about China, Mark. What else do we need?
9: Yeah, well, uh, I think that's right. I mean, think about the data we've been getting over the last couple three months. It's been pretty darn good in the context of all the bad economic news we were getting before that. So it really does feel pretty good. Now, having said all that, obviously, things, you know, things stuff happens uh and you know uh, hard to gauge what you know the russian russia is still creating problems in yep. in ukraine and uh, you know you, got, you mentioned china the tensions there so mm-hmm. there's a lot of other geopolitical flashpoints so you know it, it, it's not going to take a, a lot of bad to push us into recession but you know with a little bit of luck joe assuming you know we can kind of navigate through with some other another shock hitting us i, I think yeah. we can get through this without without recession
2: Oh, boy. Let's hope this – I like what I'm hearing. Great to talk to you, Mark. Bring more of this. Bring more of this back. Mark Zanik. Anytime. Always a pleasure. Moody's Analytics, the chief economist, to the panel with this, Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano. Uh, Jeannie, can the White House claim victory over inflation if it's peaked? Or do they have to be careful about the the way they frame this? Because this may not be going down in a straight line, and it might take a long time.
6: Yeah, you know, I, I would stay away from claiming victory, but I thought Biden's tone today, if, if the message could have gotten out over the other story, was mm. a good one, which is that we are moving in the right direction. The momentum is on our side. Think about two years ago when I got here, meaning Biden, and how much improvement we've made. You know, to Mark's point, 6.5 is still a lot of pain in people's sure lives. So you don't want to pretend that things aren't great. Mm-hmm. But you do want to say six months in the right direction is very good news for the country, very good news for the American people. We're on the right track. And I'll tell you, it's also very good news for Jerome Powell. He was getting hit hard by people like Elizabeth Warren and others yeah, that yeah, yeah. he was risking recession. But, uh, well, you know, so far, so good.
5: If we if we avoid a recession, Rick, does Joe Biden get reelected? I think Joe Biden gets reelected without a recession, uh, depending upon who he's running against. And yeah. the one decision I think he needs to make is make Mark Zandy his economic advisor. <laughs>
2: I think you actually used to work with Mark Zandi. Again, he's at Moody's. We're at Bloomberg. Rick and Jeannie will be up next for the latest on George Santos. He says he's going nowhere. This is Bloomberg.
0: You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through.
1: Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
2: This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Another fun day running through hallways for George Santos. He's got to be getting a workout in his uh, new job in Washington, right? I mean, really just running as fast as he can up the halls. And God knows the reporters, they, they, they're just breathless. It's never going to end until he holds a news conference or something. Uh, I'll walk you through a couple of these. Reminding you yesterday, we talked about this uh, last night. Nassau County officials are, are with the Republican Party of Nassau County are, are calling on him to resign and that gave reporters a whole new reason to chase him down the
6: Congressman, hole. what's your
5: reaction to members of your own party Pardon? calling for your resignation? Are you just planning just to resign? If the voters
6: what for you to resign, will you? Will will you? you resign if the voters, if your voters call? for you If 142
7: people ask for me to resign, I'll resign.
2: Both. Okay, did you hear that? He was getting in the elevator. He's way off the microphone. He says, if 142 people ask me to resign, then I will resign. I would say 142 people. What did he mean by that? Turns out he got 142,000 votes. Got in the elevator. Next time he walked out the door.
4: Congressman Santos,
8: what,
5: what is your response to those that are calling for you to resign?
4: Um, I will not resign. I will be continuing to hold my office elected by the people. How and do
8: you to- feel like you're able to serve your people?
2: <laughs> in the office. And don't let the door hit you. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, uh, I'm sure are. have had their fill of this, but we're going to
4: talk about it again because Kevin McCarthy weighed in again. Guys, here's the speaker. He's got a long way to go to earn trust. But the one thing I do know is you apply the Constitution equal to all Americans. The voters of his district have elected him. He is seated. He is part of the Republican conference. There are concerns with it. So he will go before ethics. If anything (coughs) is found to be wrong, he will be held accountable exactly as anybody else in this body would be. Okay, so nothing's about to change,
2: it sounds like. Uh, Rick, he says he'll resign when uh, 142,000
5: voters tell him to.
2: And uh, I don't think that's going to happen, is it? (laughs)
5: Uh, no, it doesn't no, work That's that way. not going to happen. And I, I suspect if he makes it to a re-election, he'll find out exactly how those well. <clears throat> 142,000 voters feel about him. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, look, I mean, he he's, is more likely to survive if he wants to go through the ignominy of all these um, walking through the halls and getting screened up by reporters. Ugh. Certainly not the first one to have this happen, but yeah. um, it's unlikely that Congress would do anything extreme like an expulsion. Uh, they've only done that a few times, five times in history, I think. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, is he likely to get a, you know, censure or something like that? Sure, mm-hmm. uh, and somebody's going to find other problems with him. It doesn't keep him from uh, being legally exposed if he's done anything wrong with campaign finances, for instance. So he's going to have a rough year, and if he wants to keep his head down, keep charging away, he'll. They'll still call him congressman by the end of the <sighs> year. What's the what's
2: the move then here, Jeannie? Do you just keep running? I mean it's just running down the hall his bags, ties flying or or do you how about we schedule a news conference so You go upstairs to the gallery? You have reporters sit in their chairs. You're behind a podium. You try to control the conversation. Or am I just out of my mind right now?
6: <laughs> you know, he did sit down and talk to someone, as I'm sure you know. He sat down and talked to Matt Gates. Oh, he did was, you see that? Yes. Oh, and, and I have to <laughs> rip this off of somebody else who said it was eight minutes of my life. I'll never get back. It was <laughs> Matt Gates And I'm filling in for Steve Bannon and George This is Santa. the War Room podcast. Yes. Right? And he was saying things like, listen, I've lived an honest life. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the latest reports are you have a county official in Nassau throwing his hands up and saying the guy even told me he was something of a star on the volleyball team in college that he (laughs) never went to and the New York Times has released his resume I mean it's very ugly yeah the
2: resume is out there
6: yeah but but you know we may all want him to sit down and take questions I have to say I think even if he did that for 10 hours it wouldn't stop the questions because there are so many of them at this point
2: I suppose that's true, although I'm reading on the on the Bloomberg now. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is pledging to work with George Santos. That's not going to push him out anytime soon. we got a lot more to learn about this. Jeannie, thank you. Rick Davis, thank you as well. Speaking of honest lives, I'll meet you back here tomorrow on the Fastest Hour in Politics. You don't need me to tell you to subscribe to the podcast. You already did. For our guests, including Rebecca Royfe and Mark Zandi, I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. This is Bloomberg.